What's going on, everyone? And welcome to Method in the Madness. This is the podcast that not only delves deep into design and creativity, but also leadership, productivity, and personal development. And this is episode nine. And this is the episode that I get to sit down with a guy called Andrew Doby. And Andrew is the founder and CEO of Made Brave, a creative brand agency based out of Glasgow, who work with a variety of different clients, such as Van Gogh, Buddha Haben Whiskey, for to BBC in the past, the Greco, and all these kind of guys, and uh, it was great to get Andrew on the show. And it's probably no surprise that we had absolutely tons to talk about. But we cover a variety of different things, mainly his story of Made Brave. You know, starting the business at a time where he only had a thousand pounds in his bank account and a two-week, you know, baby on the way as well. Uh, we discuss branding at length and whether or not we think branding is losing its personality and people are just following trends. We also chat about what we think makes a great leader too and also how to cope with the stress and responsibility of running your own business. And finally, we also uh, chat about Andrew and Lewis from Campfire's own podcast called Just a Chat With and who would be his dream guest. And Just a Chat With is available on all popular podcast platforms if you want to check it out. But I've always admired Andrew and the work he's done and as well as the work of Made Brave. So it's great to finally, you know, sit down with Andrew, talk shop and really pick his brain. So without much further ado, please welcome Andrew Doby to Method in the Madness. Andrew Dobby, thank you very much for having me at Made Brave HQ to record the podcast, nonetheless, bright and early on a Monday morning. That's all right. Thanks for having me. Made Brave are a creative brand agency that you started yourself back in 2012, uh, but have kind of grown year on year. And you've got how many staff now? Uh, In Made Brave, we've got about 35, 36. Wow. But how did Made Brave come to fruition back in 2012? So um, I was a designer and photographer, um, pre-made brave, I suppose. Um, I studied multimedia systems uh, back, um, so I'm like 38 now, so when I was kind of 18, 19, so what's that, 20 years ago? (laughs) Um, Just when the internet was kind of figuring itself out, um, that's when I studied at uni, and I kind of did one of these multimedia courses that was kind of a little mix of everything. Uh, I I decided very quickly, or realised very quickly, that was creative rather than a a developer as such, you know. Um, And... So when, from leaving uni, I, I worked in a small agency in Glasgow um, for ex-Scotland and Celtic footballer Paul McStay. Um, and uh, I worked with Paul for eight years um, in a, like an agency, maybe sort of seven or eight people. Mm. And um, back in kind of 2000, well, it was actually 2011 um, when I left my job. My son um, was just born. He was kind of like two weeks old. <laughs> and I didn't have much money. I probably had kind of like just, you know, almost, um, I suppose, one month's salary in my bank and I thought yeah. what a bloody good time to leave your job and start a business yeah. um, and what I, was the defining factor to leave your job then I think I you was, just had like I, thinking I mean I don't have kids but I can't imagine 
if I had a two-week-old baby, I'd be leaving my job anytime soon. Yeah, I usually tell that bit, and people say, surely that's the time you sort of stay in your job when you make it more secure. Um, but no, I, actually, I love my job. I love working with Paul, and it was a great company, but it was kind of money-driven. I was, um, I'd realized, I suppose, my, I was going to have to provide. My wife was going to be off work. Yeah. Um, and I was like, you know, the, the company was, you know, it was a smaller company, so it couldn't afford to pay me anymore. Mm. So I thought, well, you know, I need to do something about this and kind of take it into my own hands. And I think when you've got the pressure of that baby and I could like finally see him. Yeah, like, you finally, make it work. You're like, shit, I better do something. So <laughs> I, I didn't set out to go and create a business, really. Um, I just, I just, uh, I went out and I thought I'll be a freelance designer. So I knew I could design, I knew I could do photography and I thought, well, I'll, I'll do a bit of both. And I thought I could maybe make a couple hundred pounds a day and that would, you know, and if I could get two or three days filled in a week, yeah. I'd maybe be making more than I'd been earning. So. Oh, awesome. Uh, and looking back at those early days then, what would you have said is kind of maybe one of the most worthwhile investments, whether it's a piece of kit or, you know, just time that you've, you know, associated to something or sure. energy or whatever it may be? Yeah, well, I suppose, um, you know, very quickly I got, quite busy and realized that this was going to turn into a business and it wasn't going to be a freelance gig you know I think within a year we had six people in the team within two years I think there was 16 and uh, so there's a lot of learning that goes on while that's happening quite, yeah quite as well as like responsibility as well yeah uh, and you know and I was very naive to business I suppose I didn't know uh, you know a lot about business and figuring out all the things <laughs> like lawyers accountants <laughs> limited companies and, yeah you know all the stuff that comes with it Um but I think what I did early on that maybe a lot of people that run creative businesses don't do is that I came up with tools. Mm. So, you know, I've seen a lot of creative businesses um, maybe struggle to grow or scale or, um, you know, progress. And it's often, and, and I don't think it's a bad thing, it's a, it's a personal choice. Often, you know, if it's launched by a creative person, which I am, they, they kind of want to keep creative control for as long yeah. as possible and be the creative director and be the name and, you yeah. know, and... I think I realized that it was not going to be manageable. I mean, you know, at some points during that early growth phase, I was I was doing all that. So I was, you know, I was meeting clients. I was um, doing jobs. I was running the creative. But I realized there wasn't enough space in my head. <laughs> you know, there's not a lot of space in there for a lot of things. So, you know, I was going home. I was having stress headaches and such like that. So mm -hmm. I realized I'm going to have to give up one or the other thing yeah. here. And being a sole founder, I didn't have a partner or anyone else. So I, I think quite early on, within a year or so, I, I came off doing the creative. All right. And I think sort of going back to your question, I think that was one thing for me that then allowed me to concentrate on growing it as a business and not you know so you know so then i was able to do more because i was able to put people in place and let them have the autonomy to run the creative which which actually made you know um made them empowered which means i got a better results so rather than me trying to do half running a business and half doing creative yeah. i've suddenly got someone who's fully loving doing all the creative <laughs> and i'm going to run the business so like how was that transition i suppose because um you know the creative bit is the bit that you knew how to do i'm not saying that you didn't know how to run a business no no, Clearly sure. no, you no, do. no, no, no. <laughs> i definitely didn't there's been many mistakes along the way <laughs> but you yeah. know you know when you actually made that kind of you know cut the cord and kind of moved yeah. into kind of the fully kind of you know running business role mm -hmm. how was that transition you know like what were some of the kind of early lessons i suppose in terms of making the mistakes and running yeah. a business 
Well, there's, there's lots scary. of mistakes to make. <laughs> I'm, I'm working my way through them all. <laughs> and I think once you work through them all, that you, you eventually become like an scout, expert. Scout badges. Exactly. Um, but, um, yeah, I think there's, there's, there's lots of mistakes. But I think what I've realized is that, again, someone early on said to me, um, you know, Andrew, when running this business, and this sounds really egotistical, but I don't mean it this way. Like it's like you should have nothing to do. Like your desk should be empty. And I was always like, how? How can that? And you know, and anyone who's starting a business right now or in the beginning few years, they'll be like, yeah, right. This yeah. can't work. <laughs> it's never gonna happen. <laughs> but hear me out. Hear me out. Like um, you know, they said to me like, if you've got a, as as kind of running or leading a business, you should have a blank desk. And what you should be working to do is look at everything that you're currently doing. And then figure out how eventually you can strip that off and have someone around you that's better at it than you. So if you imagine early on, I was managing accounts, I was doing the creative, I was doing the finance, I was doing operations. So eventually I got someone to lead the creative. So suddenly one thing off my desk. And yeah. then if something creative lands on my desk, I was able to say to that person, that's your bit. Then eventually there's too much operationally to do. So I employed an operations director and I'd have that person until you know, now I've got a financial financial controller, I've got operations, yeah. I've got office management, I've got marketing, I've got you know, I've got all these pieces yeah, that yeah. I've been doing. And now if something lands for me, I'm like, ah, oh, they're better than me. The only worry now is though, <laughs> if it all fails, I'm rubbish at everything. <laughs> so, so I now don't know how to do anything, which is the problem. Um well, it doesn't look like it's going that way, that's for certain. Um looking Again, back at the kind of early days, can you remember a specific um, pitch win or a project that it, it finally felt like it was all coming together? <laughs> or are you still waiting for that moment? <laughs> is, this, is this actually together? <laughs> no, I think you're always waiting for that moment. I think there's sometimes you get like, um, you get something happens and you go, wow, we've, we've fucking arrived. This is it. We've, mm. we've done it. But then usually when something good happens, on the other side, there's a challenge that happens at yeah, the same time that yeah. brings you right back down to earth. And so, you know, it's often hard to stop and celebrate. And I think you should. I'm a big believer, actually. And, you know, when times are good, you know, try and celebrate with everyone and make sure we all appreciate it as well as when times are bad. Because, yeah, yeah when, when things go bad, they can go really bad and, it, and you can get really, um, it, it can be tough. So, um, no, I think, you know, I, I'm quite a visual person and I think when you're growing a business or creating something you you know to have and, and if you're trying to lead a team or lead people customers employees whatever that may be you need to create a vision and so I've always tried to create a vision of where we're going what we're trying to do um now sometimes you get there quicker than you thought and that, and that was the case for me with Made Brave I think you know I got there much faster than I thought I could and mm. then and you were like oh this was this was us this was us meant to this is when we'd have arrived. Um, <laughs> I need to make a new vision. But then you're like, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. And then you can some days like wander around for a while. You're like, you're meant as an entrepreneur, you know, mm. I can't even spell the word, but like, <laughs> you know, um, you're often meant to have a clear vision all the time. And sometimes you get there quicker and then you have to spend a couple of years, months, whatever it may be, finding the next one. And so, yeah, so I think you, you arrive and then you have to refigure what arriving means. Uh, yeah. So, you know, so we're going into... A next stage of growth at the moment we're just about taking a new studio and i've got quite a clear vision of my head now of, a, of filling that out and growing the team to fit that mm -hmm. and you know and i've got a kind of backwards engineered plan to how, how to do that um but yeah i'm sure i'll get there and then i'll be like well, uh, you, you, know, you yeah. just never feel you've arrived i think i don't i don't think i think that's always the sign of like a good you know 
don't know what the word is creative entrepreneur business owner whatever whatever you are yeah. like once you you know even as a designer you always kind of dream of being creative director or whatever it is and then when you get there you're like oh, i wonder what I else know. i can do yeah like, you always you know, want the bigger brand or the bigger project yeah and then you do it and you're that like, would be the best project to have on our roster then you get it and you're like oh, what other projects can we get that was that <laughs> yeah you, you kind of yeah. figure out that you know it's kind of funny i was uh saying this on another podcast where basically you know if you told me in uni that I'd be working with some of the clients that I've gotten to work with over the years that I've been very lucky, don't get me wrong, to work with. Yeah. You know, if you told me in uni I was going to be working with them, I'd be like, there's not a chance I'll ever be working yeah, with them. Yeah, yeah. Yet, now that I've worked with them, I'm kind of like, mm, they weren't the best <laughs> client to work with. Uh, so I kind of prefer working. It's not always like the kind of big flashy names that are the best brands to work yeah. with sometimes, you know? So you can always kind of have a good project no matter what it was or like what exactly. good client, whatever it is. I mean, I, th I always say to our guys uh, here that, you know, because you sometimes hear creative people, me being one, um, saying, oh, I never get the best clients or the best briefs or the best, best projects. And, you know, and I think there's that thing where you are always looking for the bigger and better. But I think no matter what size or scale a client budget or project is, it's a, as a creative, it's our job to turn it into the best as it can be. So, yeah. you know, I think Completely we agree the other day um, about a, a, a web form and like a web form could be seen as a really... Um, as a as a rubbish brief or a rubbish um, job, yeah. but you can make that the best web form that's, that no one's ever created. You yeah, know? and I think that's with anything that you know, people never going to come with it. You, you have to turn that opportunity. In, yeah, think. yeah, yeah. And was it difficult when you kind of stepped away from the kind of creative role? You know, it it's your business, and you know you've got this kind of kind of vision and passion for what you want the work to be. Was it difficult to kind of let that go and then just like let the person have the responsibility initially, or was it quite an easy transition just to go? You know what? Like it was like an on-off switch. I can't even yeah. be half involved, mm -hmm. you know, because I know even for myself, sometimes you have like you know you see the brief yourself, mm -hmm. so you start painting an idea mm -hmm. of what you would like to see it come <laughs> out as, and then sometimes you know working with different teams in the past, it's just like that's not kind of what I thought was it going to be, yeah, but yeah. you don't you know it still answers the brief yeah so it's not wrong by any means of the imagination it's just not what i not would what have done. done yeah so did you find that difficult or? yeah i think i think there's that challenge i think i mean where we probably differ is that you're a great designer and i'm an average designer <laughs> <laughs> and uh you know i very quickly started to realize when i started to build teams i was like shit everyone's better than me <laughs> <laughs> so this makes more sense for me not to be doing it um it's like that famous steve jobs quote that you know hire people to, totally. get, to get them to tell you what to do yeah. rather than the other way around. No, I, I, and I love it now because, you know, you know, we have all these great people on the team and I get to learn a little bit from all of them. And so I become a really nice generalist of knowing lots. I'm always like, yeah. I get to suck all the knowledge out of each new person <laughs> into the team's head and I get a little bit of it all. Um, but, I, no, I, truly, I get, actually, I get as much um, pleasure now seeing great work go out under the Made Brave or Campfire mm. name. It doesn't necessarily need to be me doing it. I mean, I, I still input, you know, like sometimes... There's only so much looking at Excel and crying that you can do in a week. So <laughs> sometimes, uh, like, I'm like, please, just I'm coming into this brainstorm. I'm I want to be part of like directing something or <laughs> yeah, you know. And so I enjoy that, and I enjoy the buzz of you know presenting to clients and making ideas and bringing yeah. them to life. So um, and and often you know sometimes I'm like, guys, I'm just going to shoot some stuff for social media today for mm. Made Brave. I just want to like have, for our own brand. Like, like let me just, just yeah, because when you're creative, you know yourself like. 
there's something in you that yeah, just doesn't yeah. stop and your brain needs to, to... You just get irritable. Yeah. It's kind of, you know, even moving up, I suppose, kind of senior seniority in kind of design roles, the, the ironic bit is, is that you become less and less hands-on yeah. d- design and then it's like that kind of imposter moment when you actually go back to the program, you're like, uh, where do I start again? I, know, I was in Photoshop the other day, right? And I was like, and I'm trying to scale an object, right? I'm trying to transform it. Oh, don't get me and, started. And I'm shift. pressing shift. And when I stopped designing, you press shift and you, it would stay in the same proportion. And no, I'm pressing shift and it's going all over the place. I'm like, what the? It's like, I've lost control of my brain to hands. And I'm like, running over the designers. Someone tell me what's happened. Yeah. They're like, yeah, it's, it's now the opposite. Yeah. Adobe, if you're listening, yeah. why would you do that to us? <laughs> why? You have the option, like, as a checkbox yeah. instead. But why? I know. <laughs> uh, I suppose in a world where agencies specifically are apparently struggling because of the gig economy, because of clients taking things in house mm-hmm. and having their own in house teams, made brave seem to still be, you know, like normally it's the kind of smaller guys that get pinched first, but mm-hmm. you just keep growing and growing and growing, and you're not a small agency anymore by any yeah. stretch of the imagination. Why do you think, you know, in a kind of economy where things are kind of getting a bit tighter and a bit more competitive that you've managed to always kind of succeed and grow? Yeah, um, I'm sure there's multiple things. I mean, it doesn't come without its challenges. I mean, it's, you know, you've, you've got a kind of, you are growing, but, you know, at all times you're going, you know, you're, that, that old, if you're, you know, we're not in film just now, but like that yeah. old squiggly line for growth is kind of what happens that you yeah. go back and forth. Um, but I suppose... Um, you know, the, the, the market always changes and, you know, adapts and sometimes like this in-house thing is in trend, sometimes it's agency and sometimes, you know, and I think um, we've obviously seen the impact that sometimes you want to pitch and you're pitching against a freelancer and, you know, you, obviously you can't compete with yeah. costs with a freelancer because as soon as you've got a business, you've got a whole ton of things, you need to things that you need to pay for. But, um, you know, sometimes, I mean, I think what I tried to do was uh, I'm a big believer that people um, don't like to be sold to, but they like to buy, right? And I thought with Made Brave, I thought I'm going to concentrate on growing a brand that people want to buy from. So, you know, because, you know, we, we, we create great work and I always kind of felt that should be a given for an agency, you know? Um, all agencies, if you're in business, you should be creating great work. Yeah. So I thought, how else can I separate mine? Um, you know, because I'm going to make sure I've got a really high level of work but that, that's, that just needs to be the given. So I, I kind of thought on top of that, I'm going to really concentrate on growing a brand, you know, and I'm going to use the knowledge I have for growing consumer or customer brands and do it for myself, which is a challenge because, you know, anyone that works in an agency knows it's, you know, it's fast paced, time yeah. short, you've always got a million things happening. But I think for me, I just prioritized that this is always going to happen because we're always going to be here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, and if you put, you know, it's what you're saying to the customers, if you put the time in, you put the money in, you put um, the work behind a brand, well, it brings back value. Now, sometimes that doesn't come back in the first couple of years. So maybe and the it's first... it's not always pounds and pennies either. Exactly. <laughs> you know, um, and, but like I'm now sort of seeing dividends for it now because now as Made Brave has grown, you know, we don't need to go out and look for business. Like we've got so much inbound business coming to us. That, sure. In fact, that's almost a problem that we have to filter that to who's got the right budgets and such like. And, of course, yeah. You know, so, um, so yeah, so I think... Nice problem to have, though. Yeah, no, sure. yeah, of course, yeah. Uh, and kind of what's the, the plan for Made Brave moving forward in, in your, you know, 
I know visions can obviously be internal, so I'm not expecting you to tell me that. But sure. do you is the I kinda, tell everyone anything? Is the, <laughs> you ask me anything. Is <laughs> a, I'm an open book. <laughs> is the sky the limit, or are you wanting to kind of remain UK based, or you know what's sure. your kind of grand plan for Made Brave? I suppose. Yeah, well, I, I'm I'm a pretty ambitious person. Um, team all feel pretty ambitious as well and you know it kind of almost feels like we're just getting started mm. um i mean last year we formed a group um merged with campfire who's a content production content production agency over in edinburgh so we've now got um, another 10 people on the team so as a group there's kind of 45 of us and as i mentioned we're about to move space downstairs which yeah will, which will give capacity in glasgow for 60 over in edinburgh we've got capacity for maybe about 20 um, and then we've just opened a um, small office in london as well so cool so yeah no i'm um yeah i'm kind of we're, we're kind of on that um we're, we're sort of we've got a general idea of where we're going um but it involves getting bigger i think you know i still feel like there's more i want to do there's more teams there's kind of skill sets within the team that i don't think we have that i think if we had we'd um, provide a better service offering yeah. so um yeah no no just 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 getting started yeah yeah <laughs> no that's awesome uh, you obviously just quickly mentioned the born originals group there which yeah. is uh yourself and campfire how did you and the campfire guys first come together Sure. So I've been friends with Lewis, um, who's the founder of Campfire. So while I've been on the Made Brave journey kind of over the last seven, eight years, he was building his team. So um, Lewis is kind of like, he's like a child genius. He's like 23. <laughs> uh, he's 23, but he's more mature than me. Um, and Lewis had sort of been um, building Campfire um, for the last three years previous. And me and him had been friends. We've been part of um, another organization um, in Edinburgh called Power of Youth, which was kind of a group where kind of pulling um, business owners or entrepreneurs together that were all sort of values led. Mm. So, you know, we're very aligned in terms of, terms of values and actually looking after people and trying to create a nice working environment and a good thing and trying to do sort of greater good around. Um, and so me and him had sort of been pals and some sort of following each other's stories and I hugely respected Campfire's work. I mean, they produce world-class content yeah. and um, I suppose likewise, Lewis had watched our journey and um, last year we kind of got to a point where, you know, Made Brave, we'd concentrated on sort of building out, we do a lot of brand, you know, we're obviously a digital team and marketing and for all these things to succeed, you know, to have a website that people want to go to or a campaign that people um, are interested, they need great content. And, you know, so, and likewise with Lewis, every time he produced a film or a piece of content, well, it needs to sit on a site or it needs to have a campaign wrapped around it. So we were yeah. kind of just talking and we were like, this maybe makes sense to, to join forces. And, and I think both of us as well had both been sole founders. So that being a sole founder can be quite a lonely place. <laughs> I'm a little violin right now. Um, <laughs> but no, no, truly, like, it, it, it can be quite tough because when, when things are, aren't going great or you're having challenges in the business if you've got no one to share with you know um and it's often even hard to share with your partners at home because they might be living a different totally different like my wife was kind of in kids clubs and kind of you know um looking after finn and you know mm. and it's very different to just kind of switch heads back into kind of what's happening here so i think for both of us it was quite the attraction of working with someone together yeah um, and someone said to me once as well, um, you can be rich or you can be king. Um, so like if you're king, <laughs> you know, like, and you have it all, yeah. um, you know, and, or if you kind of join forces, you can kind of, you can create a bigger, better thing um, and you share that responsibility. So. Yeah, awesome. Um, just moving on to, I suppose, kind of how Made Brave kind of do things. You, 
I've like seen you present before, and you kind of like to say that Made Brave like to demystify the branding process. Mm-hmm. What do you mean by that? Like, I think I I I suppose for other listeners, like I mm-hmm. can imagine what you mean by that. Uh, yeah. But what you know, in your own words, what sure. do you mean by demystifying the branding process? Well, I, th- I think branding can feel quite overwhelming and quite bamboozling. <laughs> I think if you you know if you type how to make a brand or what's a brand into Google, you get like so much random crap yeah. and stuff, and just it's hard to pick through it and try and figure out actually what's right and what's wrong. And I think you know, like sometimes people wrap a lot of branding up with jargon and words that we don't understand. And yeah, and I can say to the team see when you're talking to people just make it really simple and then try and like i i'm a big believer giving knowledge away so like made brave as a brand just constantly give it all away and try and teach it because it doesn't have to be as difficult and i think if you do that yeah. people are like oh and, and often they'll say you know like well if you give it away you also become some sort of knowledge thought leader yeah, type yeah. thing as a brand as a business and um, but also then people go well they must know about it so i'm actually i can't be bothered doing it I'll pay them to do it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, quite right. So it's one of these things where, um, like everybody has their own kind of way of doing things, but much and such, we're all doing the same thing. Yeah, like they try and wrap it up a different way or yeah. sell it for a different way. Yeah, and exactly. Like, but you know, codify it into some sort of sellable thing. But it's all pretty similar. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> um kind of getting into more kind of brand and stuff like with everything that's moving towards super simple sans serif flat vector based kind of branding like do you personally feel i suppose i'm maybe projecting my own thoughts onto you here but do you personally feel that branding is kind of losing some of its personality in a way like i don't know if you've ever seen the graphic recently of like all the fashion brands yeah and like you know Yves Saint Laurent and all these kind of brands on one side and then it's like their new logos and they almost look all identical all caps sans serif type faces Uh, and they're just kind of like they had all these lovely distinctive marks and now they're just gone for like something super 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 simple which yeah I'm just not sure if it's going to stand the test of time but yeah well I think I think it's going to be easy to become frustrated, right, as a designer. It's like, wow, why are they simplifying? And why is everyone? Doing this? I can kind of see how it happens, and you know, and it's like any type of fashion; these things come round about in trends. So I'm sure at some point they'll get fancier again, and things will happen. But I mean, I think about branding more than just the identity, you know. And I think people can often get hung up just on the brand mark itself, the logo, and you know, and um. You know, I think it can be easy to think, well, you know, it's losing its soul. But I think I always talk about branding as often like, you know, if you think of a person, you know, we've got personality, we've got tone of voice, you know, we've got values, we've got vision, we've got purpose. And, and these are all the underlying things that make a brand. And often the brand mark is like a face, right? So a human face is the thing that reminds you of all these traits yeah. that I have. And I think the brand mark in a business is just the piece that reminds us of all the other stuff that, that we've interacted with that brand. And I think brands just have to work that a little bit harder now that before they could only, you know, in times gone by, it was only this sort of visual identity facade that, that was there. But now we've got all these, these experiences, touch points. There's, yeah. there's so much more <laughs> to think about and kind of stuff that you've got to learn. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, as a designer, sometimes a little bit of my soul drops out when you see, you know, uh, you know, there could be so much more you could do with that. This grand that. rebrand and then you look at it it's like this has taken months in the making and then you see like like one of like i suppose the kind of more popular ones that i saw recently 
and it was like they're saying that it took him like two years or some shit like that it was BT, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it's just. I quite like the BT one though. I don't know. I'm in the minority. Yeah. I don't know. But like, oh, I, I saw the mark. But this is the problem because that goes out on Twitter and then like people are like, the oh, mob goes after the, the mob goes, ah, what is this? Oh, you know, how was that a million pounds? But you're like, mm, it's. They don't see the process involved. Yeah. And then you don't see the full system of how it's going to roll out. And actually, when you look at the BT one, when you see the system, it's like, that's really nice. That's mm-hmm. really clever. And the challenge is often, you know, as a designer, is to create a system that's going to work across a business of scale, you know, because when you're working, you know, with businesses that roll that out across t shirts, you know, you know, all sorts of things. Yeah, it's pylons, actually, like <laughs> everything. Yeah, you can actually see why simplification of a brand <laughs> mark. <laughs> Not having this happens. kind of weird rendered globe thing or whatever it was. Yeah, exactly. Because I can imagine I've never done any work for BT, but like playing with that brand mark has been quite a challenge yeah. as a designer, you know, like trying to replicate it and things. So I always like, like sometimes you come across, like, you know, you'll probably be the same being a, a creative person, but every now and again you'll come across a brand that has actually existed for ages and you've never really you know say if you got the brief to kind of rebrand that company you wonder how they arrived at the logo that they were mm, they got mm-hmm, to mm-hmm, but right. it's such like a distinctive brand mark you're like well like yeah that you can't almost rebrand it. that is you know the brand yeah. mark for that company i'm just trying to give an example but like you know, you look at some kind of organizations and you go, I would never have done that. Yeah. But like, it makes so much more sense because it's been around for years that you're just so used to it, if that uh-huh. makes sense as well. Yeah, no, but I, like, I know uh, what I mean. I can't, I can't think of one right now, but I know, yeah. I, know what, I know what you mean. <laughs> like, you would have never got there. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, we were kind of talking about this before we press record and you're rattling your brain in preparation for the question. But mm-hmm. when was the last time you saw a new brand or a rebrand that kind of grabbed your attention? Mm-hmm. Um, so the, I think brands that seem to catch my attention now are when it's been wrapped up in some sort of experience that, that's really uh, been really well thought through. So I think one that I can remember is Simba Mattresses. Um, oh. I, caught, I saw a piece of content on social. I, I never thought about buying a new mattress. You know, I wasn't interested, but I saw the content. I loved the piece of content and I was showing it to my team. I'm like, look, you know, look at that stuff. Then suddenly the remarketing was amazing because it wasn't showing me stuff I'd already seen. It started showing me stuff that was the next part of the journey, you know? And then, you know, eventually, after months and months of seeing it, I persuaded my wife that we need a new mattress. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I also managed to somehow um, bump into a photographer that had created content for Simba as well. So I kind of like, there was all these kind of things, Things, you know, external influences. influences. Um, But then when I went onto the website and I bought the thing, the whole experience was amazing. Like from, from leaving those ads to landing there to, purchasing it to when the thing arrived and it unfolded the little messaging the kind of yeah. micro copy every single but even signing the finance agreement was enjoyable yeah and i think you know often brands kind of do all the front end stuff and like you know like when you buy a camera right you get all this amazing marketing to get to buy the camera then you open the box and you're like how do i fucking use this thing and there's like a black and white one color Horrible. printed on the same kind of paper you get in like a bible yeah like, with like paper with 40 world. languages in it and tiny my tiny text that you can't read and i'm like like it's often you know it feels like you need to do everything for the sale but yeah. don't look after the customer once you've got them and i think 
the Simba experience for me, and you know, if they're listening, I'm sure they'll be loving that. Yeah. But like, <laughs> the Simba experience for me was like it was end to end. Everything was great, yeah. and you know, uh, and the matches matches seemed nice as well. I'm not being paid by Simba, yeah. by the way. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so we we went. Uh, so we were when we moved into our house, we were looking at kind of different matches and stuff as well, and then looking at all you know Casper and Simba mm-hmm. and all this one, and then we went for the Emma matches because. Mm-hmm. That was her name. So uh, <laughs> again, it's made sense. We're like drawn to it because of that. So, it's funny, um, isn't it? Like as a someone that's in marketing or a designer, like me and yourself, yeah. like you, you're like a sucker for it. Like I, I find myself in the supermarket and I'm like buying beans, and I'm like, I know it's the same beans in the, the Tesco value <laughs> one, and it isn't the, the purple can, but I'm like, I need that one because yeah. it's been marketed better. You yeah, know? What yeah. I mean? No, you like you're fully aware of it, but you're also the biggest sucker in totally. the world. Uh, I think for me, like we we're chatting about this um, before, but is probably Notion, which is an app which, if you are a user of Google Docs, Google Sheets, Google Slides, Trello, Basecamp, mm-hmm. Jira, all these things that you know me like, my brain almost has an aneurysm when I open up a Jira ticket. Like it's just the most complex looking thing. Mm-hmm. Just, it's meant to make my life easier, but yeah. for some reason it doesn't. I don't know why. It just like when I see like a Jira notification come into my email inbox, a small part of me dies. But basically, Notion replaces all of them in a one and it's super simple. The brand has got like a lovely kind of personality. These illustrations that almost look like they've been done by like an old Disney storyboarder yeah. kind of style. And the whole thing's just lovely. It's absolutely minimal, and my whole life is in it now. So mm-hmm. I really hope they survive because <laughs> <laughs> I really need their product now that I've been totally suckered into That's when you it. go out all in on a startup these days. You're like, Monzo, please, please don't Please, please survive. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, moving on to, you know, you mentioned it before, but just kind of moving on to leadership for a little bit. Um, you know, do you kind of, have a, a set of principles that you kind of hold yourself to or like what do you think makes a great leader yeah um so on the other side of the wall to you behind you you won't be able to see it just now <laughs> it says on the wall ask for forgiveness not permission so i'm I, a big believer in that yeah and i'm a like i don't have enough headspace i'm not clever enough that you know to be able to dictate what all these people <laughs> do out there you know so i say to everyone look you know go do stuff you know, um, I would rather give people autonomy, let them go on and, you know, and people mess up. Yeah, they mess up. I mess up. So, um, you know, come back and like, if you fuck up, ask for forgiveness, but don't come and ask for permission because if like people come to me all the time, can we do this? Can we do that? We'll never get anything done. Yeah. You know? um, so that, I suppose that's one thing. Um, I think, you know, as a leader, you just need to, a lot of it is just being kind of trying to look after people and remember that they're human beings as well. You know, um, mm-hmm. a big part of, the environment I've created here is I, I believe environment creates a big um, effect on people and and that's not always easy to do if you're a startup and you've not got money and you know you, you know you've got to do these things bit by bit but I think put people in a nice environment um, look after them and you know and I think like a workplace should be a place that you feel safe and comfortable and um, you know we're doing a lot around sort of values at the moment and made brave and can we have this one called be your weird self and yeah. I was actually doing a talk to some kids on Saturday um, telling them that the weirdness is cool like being weird is cool because yeah. like, <laughs> um, but like you know I think the underlying message there is that you know that 
you know, create a, create an environment for people where they can be themselves, where they can be safe, where they can talk about things, where if they're having a challenge that you're flexible and you work around people, then I think what happens is it comes back tenfold to you as a business. Yeah. Um, rather than being the person that dictates and, you know, um, you know, kind of pushing to make things happen all the time. So, I'm, yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't know if I'm doing it all right. I'm learning every single day, you know, um, even being thought of as a leader is like a weird thing to me because you're, you know, you're just, you're just trying to do your thing and yeah, of, just um, doing your job. And yeah, just, exactly. And don't really think of it that way. Yeah, but I think you've got, you've got to keep on learning and and, and never sort of think you've you've got it nailed because there's always new challenges. And you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. as soon as you think that, then it's probably all going to come tumbling down. The house exactly. of cards will yeah, fall down. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> um, not only. You know, obviously, you kind of lead me brave and the Born Originals group, but you're <laughs> like a LinkedIn CV. You are an ambassador or a board director or whatever it may be for many different organizations. Like, how do you kind of, you know, you've got your fingers in many pies. So how do you manage your time yeah. between all your kind of commitments and making sure that, you know, it's obviously a bit of a balancing yeah. act. So you don't want one to suffer sure. over you know, because one might need more of attention, so you, therefore you don't want yeah. Made Braid to suffer and things like that. Do you have a particular routine or mm-hmm. habits to kind of help with that? Yeah, well, I think I'm probably, one of my downfalls is I say yes to too much. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and my, probably my LinkedIn CV probably shows that. Um, but uh, no, I think um, I've got a really active brain in terms of I like to learn and I like to put myself in situations, you know, that you know that don't feel comfortable so I, I do tend to say yes to a lot but i think it's it's because i like to sit in places i'm like shit i shouldn't be here but then suddenly after a few months you're like hmm, i belong here yeah. i've learned all this and i've you know um but i think you know in terms of time um again working back to that kind of empty desk thing i try to do <laughs> to try yeah. and you know to, that gives me more time um but you've also got to be i think there's this kind of um there's this kind of encouragement i suppose online of this kind of like you've got to be like hustling for like 20 hours a day and all that kind of stuff get up at 3 a.m yeah that kind of get up at 3 a.m and i don't know drink <laughs> i don't know whatever like you know um i think linkedin bros yeah but i i think you know you have to work hard for a, to, to create a business and do stuff like so you're going to have to do that extra time but i think you also need to try and look after your time as well like i i've you know i never work weekends and very rarely work nights and one thing maybe a little tip that i can give people that i think is quite good that like sometimes when you run a business like you got good good news comes in as i say bad news comes in all the time and you're yeah. just you're kind of just deflecting it and trying you know trying to do the best with each but like i used to always read my emails at night right now what happens when you read your emails at night right <laughs> is that if, if if someone was to hand their notice and now that happens in the business businesses people move on and change jobs all the time now that's quite stressful though when you're a business owner and someone hands their notice in. Mm. Also, you know, when you're the person handing your notice in, let's say it's Friday night and you've got a weekend in front of you. Well, you want to tell, you, you want to let someone know on the Friday <laughs> so that you can go off and enjoy your weekend. Yeah, it's not <laughs> looming over you. Yeah, so it's not looming over the whole weekend. Now, if you were that, if, if I was to read my emails on a Friday night and a bit of bad news came, well, I've suddenly ruined my whole weekend because <laughs> I can't do anything about it till Monday. Um, so I learned very quickly, don't read your emails at night because if you get bad news, you just sit and you'll ruin your whole night and you'll sleep, you'll have a terrible sleep and you can't do anything about it. 
Whereas if you check your emails in the morning, oh, there's a problem or something to fix, and what you can do is you can go and fix it. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, and, and amazingly, if you don't answer calls and don't answer phone calls in the evening or at weekends, people start to change their behaviours around you. Mm. Um, so, you know, they start to realise, oh, Andrew never answers his phone at night. <laughs> and, <laughs> and then you get that time for your family or, you know, your yeah. partner or your child. That's something I definitely need to start. Yeah. The word being start. <laughs> I'm fucking awful for switching off. Like, I find it really difficult to, like, turn off that kind of valve. Yeah. No, it is tough. It is. But, like, I always thought, you know, I don't want to look back and be the guy that never saw his son. You yeah, know, of so that, that, for me personally, that's kind of how I did it. And then I thought, I'll, I'll come home and I'll be Finley's dad and mm. I'll not be Andrew from Made Brave. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no. Um, you know, as somebody who has as many kind of responsibilities and commitments and the business like yourself, sometimes when you talk to people like that, you can like see this pending <laughs> doom and stress on their face. <laughs> uh, but are you just one of these guys who like kind of copes well with, you know, stress and kind of commitments? Like personally, I feel like I'm quite good at that. Like I, mm -hmm. I, it's probably because I'm too laid back and horizontal. Like I'm just, it's probably through a lack of me understanding the severity of the situation <laughs> rather than the actually being able to cope with it well. Yeah. Like, do you just cope well with stress or do you, you know, has it taken its toll at times? And I seem, I seem to have a high tolerance of risk. Um, I'm that guy, whatever you do, don't let him gamble. <laughs> <laughs> when you take me to Vegas, I'm the guy that, can, that stays All behind. Uh, yeah. like, uh... I'm putting the whole house on. <laughs> It'll be okay, darling. Um, no, I, yeah, I, I seem to be fine with risk and I'm quite, and I, and I, I often see the upside of risk, you mm. know, so, and I think that's something, you know, you can work hard in a business, but often to grow a business, you really have to take big risks at, you know, at different points. Um, uh, you know, I think I get stressed. I'm human. I'm like everyone else. Um, you know, I've found myself in tears, not wanting to come into work sometimes mm. with the stress. And, you know, I think the hard thing when you have a business is you can't just hand your notice in. You can't just walk <laughs> away. You know, like, you, you know, because you've got the whole thing to unravel if you didn't want to, to be in it. Yeah. And I think that can be challenging. That can be hard. For I've never, that's never crossed my mind before, actually. Yeah. If you, you own the business and then you just like need to pack it in. Mm -hmm. How much would be involved in packing it in? Yeah, that's, uh, you know, it's had me up at nights before. <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> <laughs> hey guys, I'm not coming in tomorrow. That's you know, but and it's it's that's a tough thing to get your head around because you know there's hundreds of thousands of pounds at stake of you know like that you'd have to unravel. Yeah, and, of course. You know, and there's people's livelihoods and that that pressure can sit quite heavy on your shoulders. You know, and I'm very very conscious and aware of that. That it's not just my job. It's you know, 40 odd people's yeah. livelihoods and families and children's, and you know, so, um, yeah, I think to run a business, you've got to have resilience. You've got mm. to be able to go through that hard stuff and then go again and go again. Um, and that's why I think earlier on, I was alluding to the fact that when it's good, you need to bloody enjoy it because, you know, and, and not feel bad for enjoying it. So buy a nice car. If, if that's your thing, if you like cars, buy a nice car because like, you know, when it when it's going hard, it's hard time. So yeah. enjoy, enjoy, you know, and that's not, car's not a thing for everyone, but you know, like, you know, if it's, if it's going it's away, if it's holidays, <laughs> yeah, I like a nice car too. Um, but you know, if it's like going on holidays I, I, and also like, um, yeah, just, you know, make sure you make time to kind of um, enjoy it while you're in it as well. Like I say to the guys in here, this is life as mm -hmm. well as work. So, so a lot of the Made Brave, 
social media if you've followed it and seen all the kind of stuff we do it's actually just because we're having fun yeah it's not necessarily to drive a sale it's like it's often like well let's be you know we let's turn the office into a ball pit for the day yeah, and yeah. it's like well, why not yeah. <laughs> it's life as well as work you know so. no uh, like i mean sometimes do you find yourself that like do you sometimes just need to take yourself away from it for a couple of days one week just to kind of press that reset button or yeah yeah um no definitely um uh i kind of like sort of high adrenaline sports <laughs> <laughs> i used to do like mixed martial arts for years and um brazilian jiu-jitsu and and i'm now in really into mountain biking and like i like things that you can kill yourself doing <laughs> <laughs> um but i think the, the, the why i like those things is like when you go and do mountain biking or when you do brazilian jiu-jitsu you can't think about anything else mm. you're only in the moment of those things you know if you take a wrong turn on a mountain bike you can tumble down yeah. um, and break your collarbone much like my friend tom did <laughs> um you know and you know brazilian jiu-jitsu if you if you stop thinking about what you're doing you're getting you know you're yeah. or someone's humbled very quickly. in the face yeah, or, you yeah. Know, <laughs> so um so yeah no i think it's really important to find those things in your life that let you get away because as much as we're all passionate about growing our businesses or jobs or things you'll go absolutely insane <laughs> if you yeah. only think about that and you don't have that other thing um you've obviously recently started your own podcast as well yeah uh we were chatting at a beam event the other day it was good to f- meet somebody who's gone through the same struggles <laughs> yeah. i have <laughs> but uh it's called just a chat with uh alongside lewis from campfire what was the kind of main motivation for yourselves to kind of start a podcast well i think um much like I was saying earlier, when you have when you get lots of little lots of people in your team and you learn things from them, I mm. love that, and I love that actually when you go and do a podcast, like sitting today, I'm learning things from you. I'm feeling inspired, and I think that podcast gives you a platform to go and meet new people. And our podcast is is based around branding and creativity, and yeah. we kind of said we kind of want to benchmark that it's people that come on it are the best in class. So I'd quite like to learn from the people that are best in class yeah. at planning and creativity <laughs> because it, it helps me personally develop. Um, I'll get inspired. I'll get energy from them. I might make friends with them. Um, you know, it might be opened up to their network. And, you know, Lewis and me, we're not afraid to travel. So we've just kind of like whatever those podcasts are, if someone says it's San Francisco, you can come, we'll, we'll just fly over and do it. And I yeah. think much like earlier on like joining boards and doing all these different things i think if you put yourself in different situations and keep putting yourself places yeah, putting yourself out there stuff happens and you know um if you just sit in your little business and you don't do anything you're going to get the same result so yeah for us i suppose it's just a bit of play it's a bit of um yeah getting to travel getting to meet cool people and um, so what do you think so like you know i kind of help at edinburgh college uh mentoring the design courses and like one thing i tend to say to them is like don't like not everything you do will have like an immediate reaction either like you know yes this podcast has exceeded my very low expectation (laughs) that i had had for it to begin with but like i'm not done like you know the actual kind of value from it will probably come back around you know maybe a year's time maybe 10 years time or you know but just gotta keep doing it and keep plugging away at it as well yeah you you meet people and you never know where they're going to spring up again in your also life. Also, a good excuse to reach out to people that you really want to speak to. <laughs> exactly, exactly. That's what we literally we've done. That we've created a Google Doc and we've like, who are all the coolest people in the world that we'd like to speak to, and let's try and wait, make our way to doing that. Yeah, and, yeah. and the world's a small place these days, and and you know, I think 
when you ask people on a podcast, um, usually they say yes because it's you know yes. who doesn't want to talk about themselves? <laughs> 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 you know? It's a steep learning curve, though, isn't it? Like it is, it's yeah. uh, learning. I mean, I'm by no means good at it. I think you're doing a great job. But uh, <laughs> this looks professional. This feels professional. This, <laughs> is, uh, this is a good illusion. It's been a pleasant conversation. <laughs> <laughs> but like, just like it's one of these with any project if you knew what was involved like you know starting a business if you knew what yeah. was involved well you'd never before do that you start, you'd, <laughs> you'd never you'd never buy the podcast equipment you'd be like no nah, screw this but no i'm so glad i have i mean yeah. i love doing them just because like like yourself i kind of i get inspired by talking to others mm-hmm. i just like me talking about these like the subject matter whether it's yeah. creativity or you know taking care of yourself or like you know productivity like i'm just fascinated by how yeah. people deal with all these things because some people are rock stars at it some people happily admit that they're shit at it and yeah it's just kind of like hearing different perspectives is always exactly and like when you say the value doesn't necessarily come now it might be that in 10 years time like someone's point of view on something has now got value of what they said 10 years yeah. ago that you never thought about you know so um that's yeah. always a sort of interesting viewpoint who's uh at the top of the the google doc who's the unicorn that you want to get on the show so I, I, I'm a big fanboy of Simon Sinek I'm free I'm <laughs> <laughs> you're up next Gregor <laughs> um, you know I, I, a branding perspective I really sort of admire Simon Sinek and mm. you know he's got the book um, starts with why and you know he's a big purpose driven brand and we use a lot of his kind of methodology and thinking here at Made Brave so yeah. I think it'd be kind of cool I have sent him a message he didn't reply if, <laughs> if anyone on here is listening and they know Simon Sinek um, maybe they could point give him, him a nudge give him a nudge point him in the direction of my LinkedIn page <laughs> um, but you know no there's there's tons and um, you know I've already met like a ton of people that you know um, I really aspire to be or to yeah, learn from yeah. and you know but every single podcast I've taken a little golden nugget away and I think yeah. you know you continue to do so so yeah same well I could talk about podcasts forever but I'm not going to bore people who are listening um going back to I suppose kind of running businesses like how has uh, a failure or what can I suppose can be perceived as a failure mm-hmm. has actually set you up later for success yeah I think you're kind of failing all the time and if you're not failing you're probably not pushing hard enough mm. you know i'm trying stuff in here all the time and i'm like oh that didn't work and uh, <laughs> then uh, let's try again i mean i'm trying to think on any major specifics um i mean i think some you know focus i mean i think sometimes if you know you, you said earlier on i do a lot and i probably you know take on too much mm. uh, and, and i think there's something in sort of narrowing your focus um i've spoken to a lot of successful entrepreneurs and it seems to be feedback that you hear a lot is that don't try and do too much you know focus on one thing do it really well and then go on to the next one yeah because right, i yeah. think you know, when you've got a kind of creative brain, it's often like oh, shiny, oh, yeah, shiny, oh shiny, and you you're just so eager to get going as well. Yeah, and you're like, I could do a good job on that, and I could do a good job, and and I could do, and you're seeing all these different things, and what happens is suddenly you've got forty plates spinning, and you're not doing a very good job of any of them. So I think look after that one plate, and maybe have a couple of plates hanging at the back, mm. but not forty. So, uh, have you like ever suffered from burnout at all, where you've just been like? I need to take an extended break, <laughs> not just a day or two, <laughs> like where you've kind of yeah. like made brave. I've kind of moved at a pretty rocket pace. Yeah. Like, you know, back in 2012, I can probably imagine you didn't imagine 
in 2019 you'd be where you are yeah no it moves yeah very fast and yeah i probably had burned it quite a few times along the journey mm. um it comes in you know different formats different times but i remember walking in one day and i think i can't remember what had happened but i came into the studio and the roof had burst open and there was just like water pouring in and it was pouring all over the top of all these mats oh my god and we were up against deadlines yeah. and you know i can't remember what else was happening at the day but like I looked down at my arms and my hairs had all just gone up, like spiky on my arms, like gone up. And I went, guys, I don't feel really well. <laughs> and I felt really sick and like really physically sick and kind of, and it was just, it was just another thing I couldn't deal with. Yeah. And I went, I need to go. And I just walked out of the building and into my car. I drove home. My wife was there and she's like, you okay? And I was like, I just need to go to bed. And I just went to bed and I slept for like 20 odd hours or something. Yeah. And just, my body was like, that's enough. That you was know? the straw so, that broke the camel's back. So I, I, so I don't <laughs> think that's good. So for anyone listening, if you're feeling like that, don't continue. You need, yeah, it's important to take breaks. I think, again, I see lots of younger people starting businesses and they're like, oh, I don't take holidays. I don't take days off. Take days off mm. and take holidays. Like It's really important. And it's amazing. Every time I've taken a holiday and I've taken two weeks off and gone away, I come back and like everyone's really done more than they would do, you know. So it's like, yeah. shit, wow! Like I was I actually hindering it. More I mean, often. <laughs> I'm the problem here. So you know, like people do that. People will amaze you if you give them that opportunity, and you know, and you need that break, and don't feel guilty about it because usually when I go away, it gives you headspace to start thinking a bit clearly. You get re-energized, and then you come back with ideas much better mm. than, than you've been doing. Like I. Um, you know, happy to throw my hands up and say, like, one of my kind of, I, like, even, like, commuting to work, I have, like, an hour's drive, and I like, I cannot listen to the radio anymore. I have to listen to an audiobook or a podcast because yeah. I feel like it's wasted I'm time sure otherwise. Right, yeah. I'm rid of so with you. I'm, I, I'm really bad at sitting and doing absolutely nothing. Mm -hmm. I'm a massive fidget. <laughs> I feel like I'm always, like, you know, not that I'm not paying attention to people when I'm talking to them or anything like that, but there's times that I'll definitely drift off. Yeah. Probably drives the other half up the wall. But um, like I feel like you know when I get home, I need to go get into the garage, do a workout. Yeah. You know, and then I'm always having to do something. Like I'm not yeah. very good at like really switching off completely. Yeah. Uh, and that's something I definitely need to work on for sure. And the, because I think for me, it's not a uh, it's it's looking at it as a bit guilty. Like, I feel mm. bad for literally going, oh, fuck it, I'm not going to do anything on Saturday. Uh -huh, uh -huh, uh -huh. Like, I feel like I need to, like, even I that, this it. weekend, I said, oh, I've got tons of podcasts, all stuff all organized. I don't need to do anything this weekend. <laughs> I ended up doing stuff for it because it was just like, I feel like I just needed to, like, uh -huh. get ahead of the game that, or whatever But that's you relaxing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, like, I feel, like, almost bad. Yeah, but I think you get some people that are like that and some people that just don't do anything. <laughs> think, well, yeah. I think like if we, you need people that like are like you that are active and active learners and, you know, wanting to continue, you know. Um, yeah, I don't think it's a bad thing. I think uh, I see a lot of what you're saying in myself yeah. as well. And I'm just like, you know, like, I've been a magician, a cage fighter, a photographer, a designer, mountain bike now, <laughs> business now, you know, like, I just have one of these brains. I'm like, I look at someone and go like, oh, if they're doing it, I can go and learn it. Like yeah. get on YouTube. And I think that's, you know, what you're describing with yourself. It's not a bad thing. I think it's just, it's just making sure that you, you know that, yeah. Maybe you don't need downtime. I don't know. <laughs> what does everyone else think? Put something in the comments below. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Do a Twitter um, poll. Yeah. But. In the, the, I suppose, years that you've been running Made Brave, what new 
belief, behavior, um, habit that you have, technology, or like, you know, what new thing has most improved your life? Wow, that's a question. Could just be something tiny that gives you like don't grow up. Don't grow up is a trap. (laughs) (laughs) Just that mentality of staying young. I think like um, I think you know, Made Brave is a dead playful brand, and people always tell you business has to be serious, and you know, it's serious stuff. You know, but I think yeah, that that idea of not not growing up and being playful and 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 not having to conform. I think and um, yeah, curiosity, like uh, just like what you were saying there. Obviously, just like you know people kind of tell you the business needs to be serious. And yes, there are elements of it that are serious because mm-hmm. you have the responsibility to your staff and yeah, all this kind of stuff. You know, how how <laughs> how was that? Like, you know, your first kind of proper like financials meeting and all this kind of stuff where it's your brand and you're like still a very playful person. And, mm-hmm. you know, fair enough, I don't work with you day to day, but mm-hmm. you're a very lighthearted, you know, cheery person. It's not like you're total bogged down, you yeah, know, yeah. business kind of... Uh, was that a bit of kind of like a learning curve as well? Like learning to like, right, there's times to be playful, then there's times that I need to be sensible. Serious face. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, do we have to be sensible? Do we have to do this? Um, yeah, I think maybe another bit of learning then is that I think it's good when you have, when you're doing something new, like a business, mm-hmm. um, to have a coach or mentor of some sort. And very much so when I was starting Made Braver for the first couple of years, I was hunting for this mentor that could tell me all the answers. And <laughs> yeah. um, I was looking for, I suppose, carbon copy of me when I'm older. I was looking for someone who'd grown and done the agency thing. Yeah. And, um, I met um, one of the co-founders of, or the founder of um, the Leith Agency uh, at the time. And uh, he, uh, he t- I went for lunch. I said, can you take me for lunch? I just want to learn from you. And um, this was John Denholm. Mm. And I said, John, you know, oh God, you know, I'm just I'm try soaking all this stuff and learn it all. Yeah. And uh, I said, you know, would you, could, you know, if you got any advice, could you be my mentor? He said to me, Andrew, you've done uh, what took me ten years in three years. <laughs> <laughs> he says, so I think you're doing fine. He says you've got the creativity bit nailed. You know it, and you know, stay true to how you're doing it. Just follow that path. And it was at that point I realised that's a great thing John told me. And um, what I realized then was I'm not going to try and find a mentor that's the same as me. I thought, well, you know, I'm all right with numbers, but I'm not a, I'm not an accountant. I'm not an FD. I'm not a financial person. I said, I'm going to go and look for a mentor that is the polar opposite of me. So I now have a mentor who's a financial director for a really successful business or multiple businesses. Um, and I, I, he mentors me. So I go and meet him all the time. And he's, he's polar opposite to me. But the, mm. the great thing about that is that we can give each other value because he he can teach me things that i'd never thought about yeah of how to structure the business numbers things and likewise in return i can give him advice on marketing and branding so i'm actually giving him of something of use yeah no um so you know so that's maybe just something to take away for anyone that's don't always try and find that don't try and find another version of you yeah sometimes you've got the bit that you know you've got and yeah because you like i mean not me personally, but I can imagine there's probably some people out there that that would be like their go-to thing to go and do is probably try and find somebody who is quite similar to them <laughs> that will just tell them that, yeah, you're mm-hmm. doing fine. Yeah. And that's not really being a mentor. Like a mentor will happily tell you like, yeah. you should be doing this. Yeah. You know, call you out when your mistakes or maybe or whatever it may be and kind of actually help coach you. Exactly. You know? But I mean, it, like, it's not to say that like finding someone who has done it and been there is not good. Because I mean, I've now got, um, you know, 
people who sit on my board that have run agencies in the past and mm. they are able to tell me Andrew uh, no you need to tweak those numbers or change that <laughs> and, like, actual practical learning that you have um, but I think you know take your learning or, or, or look for learning in places you might not have thought were the, 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 the automatic place to go to yeah well that seems like a perfect place to wrap up if there ever was any uh, like I said earlier thank you very much for not even coming on the podcast but inviting me to Made Brave HQ and I really appreciate you coming on the show it's been great to finally like you know we've spoken at TED talks and things like that in the past and stuff but it's great to finally sit down and have a proper chat but um and obviously where can people find everybody Made Brave on social handles and all this kind of stuff at Made Brave or um on pretty much every channel (laughs) (laughs) Um, and if you want to find me specifically it's at Dobe Andrew D-O-B-B-I-E Andrew Awesome. So to wrap up, everyone, um, please head over to the website, the mitmpodcast.com. That's the mitmpodcast.com where you can find out more about the show, all the different episodes. There's even a link to where you can go and personally support the show as well. Um, make sure you head over to your favorite podcast platform. Hit the subscribe button. That will make sure you get notified when the next episode goes up. While you're there, please leave a review. As per usual, not only does it let me know what you think, but it also helps bring other people into the show too. So that's it from us here. Thank you very much for listening, and I hope you found some method in the madness.